Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's the final game of a long season. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars struggled, dug down deep, and rebounded at year's end. He's going to go! Mexico Bowl will be a reward for the seniors, although some of those BYU stars will watch from the sidelines. Jaron's situation, we were hoping that he'd be able to go, but Soljay Mayava and, and, and Nick Billups and Kate Finnegan, those guys, they got it wrong. You're listening to KSL's special extended pregame coverage. The New Mexico Bowl, BYU versus SMU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Bailante on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. When you think about BYU and SMU, you think about miracles. Will BYU need a Jim McMahon-like miracle today in the land of enchantment as they take on the high-flying Pony Express again? The only problem, there's no star quarterback calling the shots for BYU today. Let's close out the Independence Era with extended pregame live from Albuquerque for the 2022 New Mexico Bowl, BYU and SMU. I'm Mitch Harper, your BYU insider for KSLSports.com. And joining me at Broadcast House in Salt Lake City, is my Cougar Sports Saturday co-host, Matt Biamonte. And Matt, for the last time, it's a game day for the 2022 BYU football season. It's bittersweet, Mitch, uh, because we all love BYU football and we hate to see it go, but obviously this year did not go as planned. I don't think anyone wanted to be in the New Mexico Bowl, fans, coaches, players alike. But here we are, and why not end 2022 and the independent era with a win down in the land of enchantment? Today's extended pregame coverage is brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. Big thanks to them for sponsoring today's pregame. We'll go all the way up to 3.30, and then we'll toss it over to Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson here in Albuquerque for BYU and SMU. And just quick programming note, too, BYU basketball has also got a game day, too. We'll touch on the Cougar Cagers as they get ready to take on the Utes. That game will air on 1280 a.m., so be so you're aware on that, too. It's a bit loaded day of BYU sports for BYU football and BYU basketball, where we start things off with the Cougar football team as they get ready for the Pony Express here in New Mexico. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. BYU and SMU coming your way in a little over five hours from now. And as Mitch mentioned, if you cannot watch the game, you can listen to it. If you're doing some late Christmas shopping right here on KSL News Radio, a BYU and SMU both have very good offenses, shaky defenses. 
Uh, and you heard in the open from head coach Kalani Sitake, Jaron Hall not going to be able to go with him missing and others who have left the program via the transfer portal. How confident, Mitch, are you that BYU can get this win against SMU? I'm not confident at, at, at all in this game, and I think my confidence is just I don't know how to read this game. I guess, I guess that's where my confidence lies. That's what makes me have that lack of confidence. But, you know, BYU has a unique ability, Matt, to pull off outcomes that are unexpected when no one has expectations or any sort of belief in them. Think about Boise State in November. No one thought BYU was going to go up on the blue turf and win that game, but they did. And that's been something that's been somewhat of a calling card in the Kalani Satake era is that BYU pulls off wins they have not been expected to to win. And with no Jaron Hall, it's going to be a tall order. Uh, Soljay Maiava-Peters, Cade Finnegan, Nick Billups, one of those three will we'll start. You'll hear from Kalani Satake coming up later this hour as he breaks down those three quarterbacks in my conversation I had with him yesterday here in Albuquerque. But, you know, this is a game for BYU that they want to end the season on a high note because you don't want to end the year with a loss heading into the Big 12 era. And you want to get that eighth win and cap off the season on a high note. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You definitely want to cap off the season with a high note. And even though it's one game, like eight and five just sounds better. Like when we look back on it, eight and five or seven and six, yeah, it's only one game, but. It certainly sounds better. We put out this very question on Twitter, and we want to hear from you fans as well. You can text us at 57500. How confident are you, Cougar Nation, that BYU can get the win on our Twitter poll, which you can find on Kessel Sports? Uh, fans, Mitch, are not optimistic. 54% are saying that SMU will get their first ever win against BYU Cougars, lead the series all time. Three wins to nothing. It's their fourth meeting later tonight down in New Mexico. For me, I really feel like a win salvages this season. It's by no stretch of the imagination, Mitch, is it going to be successful. We've talked about this at nauseum. We don't need to beat a dead horse here, but expectations were much higher than 8-5, and five, and winning this game is not going to change that. But a win in this game, I think, does carry some momentum into the offseason. The problem is, just like you, I'm just not confident. There's so much going on with not just BYU, any college football program right now that's outside of the playoff, which happens a long time from now, you're juggling bowl prep, you're juggling the transfer portal. In BYU's case and a lot of other teams' case, they're juggling coaching turnover. The defensive staff is it is bare bones for this bowl game. you got Gennaro Guilford and some graduate assistants like Kalani Satake is going to be involved, obviously, because they need him, but there's not a lot of manpower from a coaching perspective on the defensive sideline. Jay Hill's not going to be involved. He's recruiting, recruiting his own players. So because there's so much up in the air, I have a hard time believing BYU is solely focused on getting this game, and that makes it hard for me to pick them. But SMU is missing a lot of talent, too. Like, their best wide receiver, he opted out of the game to prepare for the NFL. This is a dude, Rasheed Rice, who had 96 catches over 1,300 yards. He's first all-time in, in a single-season yards for an SMU receiver. He was that good. He's not going to play. So there's so many missing pieces. I don't feel great about SMU's offense either. And so it's a coin flip for me, man. It's, it's, it, but I'm, I'm certainly not confident that BOU can get the win. It's a game that could have a lot of different outcomes. And I think that BYU and SMU, when, if it was 
constructed as the, these teams were maybe in you know the beginning of the season, this would have been one heck of a matchup. Oh, yeah. Because you're right, Rice, Rasheed Rice, you know he was playing through a broken toe for SMU, but he, his records that he set at SMU were impressive, and they're going to be down an offensive tackle. And SMU's head coach, Brett Lashley, first-year head coach, comes over from Miami as the offensive coordinator uh, on, on that staff last year. He's been pretty candid that, you know, bowl games are a reward. Now they want to win, but he's also noted that they've been focused on recruiting and the yeah. transfer portal, as you noted. So you kind of wonder, has SMU been a little bit distracted SMU is a team that has not played at a bowl in a few years because they've been hit hard with COVID the past two seasons. It's wiped out their postseason opportunity, so they might be excited from that standpoint. But I, you know, BYU when expectations are low, it always intrigues me, and, and that quarterback spot is definitely going to be intriguing today. Also, the wide receiver spot will be interesting too. Puka Nakua, he didn't practice. On Thursday was not suited up. At least we didn't get to watch uh, practice, uh, but he was not suited up. And you know, Kalani Satake noted that his status for this game is up in the air. And you know, it could be an opt-out situation for Puka. He did, you know, back on Senior Day say that he was going to play, but that was kind of in the spur of the moment as he's kind of sized things up and evaluated. It's possible that you know he he sits out and. And opts out. He's dealt with a lot of injuries too. So Puka Nakua could be out of this one. I'm expecting him to be out, uh, which elevates the role of guys like Keanu Hill, Braden Cosper to step into the spotlight and play a big role in the passing game. But also BYU's ground attack too, as SMU has a terrible rush defense. So BYU, uh, despite some of the flaws in this game, you know SMU's got their fair share of warts too. So it makes for a, yeah. a matchup that. It kind of highlights what today's bowl season is like in, in this world of college football where there's a lot of warts on the teams, but uh, it could make for an entertaining <laughs> ball game nonetheless. Yeah, they, they don't resemble at all the teams that were there at the last game of the season, especially for BYU. I'm glad you touched on the ground game because I was very close to feeling like 54% of Cougar Nation right now in our Twitter poll that just says SMU's getting the win. Give it to the Mustangs. First ever win against BYU. But... The ground game gives me pause in a good way for BYU. BYU has a much better rush offense than SMU, and they have a better rush defense too. So the running game offensively and defensively, it favors BYU. SMU is giving up over 200 yards per game on the ground. And when you don't have your star quarterback, but you do have Chris Brooks, you got a lot of linemen that have played a lot of football, you're going to rely on the run. I think SMU knows that. They've even said as much down in New Mexico. We know they're going to run the football. Yeah, BOU is going to run the football. Can they stop it? And if BOU is going to win this game, it's going to be behind that ground attack because when BOU has run the ball effectively this year, Mitch, they've been a good football team. And now it has disappeared at times, and that is a concern because you, you can't rely on it from a consistency perspective. But if the ground game is effective, then they'll they'll have a great chance of winning this football game. And I think that, too, BYU has a chance to cap off independence with a with a win. And it's interesting how today's game, you know, at the New Mexico Bowl, they, they concluded the, the Mountain West Conference era in 2010 in the New Mexico Bowl when they beat UTEP. This go-around with independence, they close it out with the New Mexico Bowl as well. And I will say, being here this week in Albuquerque, the hospitality has been great. I will. This is a – look – I'm not going to spin it here for any Cougar, all of Cougar Nation out there. They they get the deal. Like 
this is not where BYU wanted to be. They wanted to go to a New Year's Six or things like that. But I will say that the New Mexico Bowl is a step up in terms of hospitality, uh, the way they treat the players as far as like the, the amenities, than the Independence Bowl last year. And I think it's been a more enjoyable experience for the players. There's restaurants near the, the, the team hotel, so players have been able to walk around and, and go with their wives and, and kids and go, uh, go out to eat and have, have a kind of a good bowl experience. Where last year in Shreveport, just, uh, you know, the, the people at the Independence Bowl were great. But it just was, eh, Shreveport was rough, the sleet, the rain. <laughs> this is a much more enjoyable experience, I will say, here in New Mexico. The weather's been great. It's going to be cold in the evenings. But uh, I think that's something that's that's kind of added to this, where there's maybe some good vibes around this BYU football team heading into tonight's game because I think it's been an, an enjoyable week for the Cougars being here in the land of enchantment. And we can touch on this more later, Mitch, but I think one other thing that is helpful for BYU that SMU SMU cannot manufacture this motivation, is Jay Hill, the new defensive coordinator for BOU, has made it very clear that this bowl game holds weight in terms of the effort that the defensive players are going to play with. This is going to hold a lot more weight than maybe even spring football does because, as Jay Hill noted, games are different than practice, which is music to my ears, by the way. That's, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but there are guys, lots of guys, who will be on next year's team. And are they going to solidify a role? Are they going to showcase their abilities that maybe they couldn't showcase under the previous coaching staff? There is a big audition for a lot of young players, like a guy that comes to mind, Hinkley Ropati. This dude, like if he has a 100-yard game and, and, and dominates, like maybe they feel like, hey, the running back position is not as high of a priority in the portal as we thought because we're bringing back Miles Davis and Hinkley Ripotti, or it could go the other way. So there are a lot of players for BYU that are auditioning for a big role on next year's team, the first team in the Big 12. That is a, a factor of motivation I think favors BYU. It's a big game today for BYU and SMU. Kickoff is at 5.30, and our extended pregame coverage is brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. Save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. That's Andy's Neighborhood Market. We're taking our first time out. On the other side, we'll break down this quarterback situation for BYU. Jaron Hall is going to be out, so who is going to start? We'll break it all down. The quarterback options for BYU in this New Mexico Bowl. It's extended pregame coverage here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Southern Methodist University. 15-10, he will go for his second pick six of the season. And the Cougs take the lead. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage. Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper. Mitch coming live from the land of enchantment down in New Mexico and BYU football. Would love to get a win against SMU. Moved to eight and five on the year, but it's going to be tricky offensively with no Jaron Hall, Mitch, uh, Kalani Sataki earlier this week. And in fact, Kalani, you caught up with him yesterday. We'll have that interview in about 10 minutes from now right here on KSL News Radio. But all signs uh, on, on Jaron Hall are that he will not be available against the Mustangs. That's right. And, and Jaron Hall being out is a huge blow to BYU because Hall missed last year's bowl game. And BYU lost to UAB in the Independence Bowl. And, and there's no safety net 
this time around with the quarterback situation. Last year, BYU still had the peace of mind of knowing, hey, Baylor Romney's won football games. He's good. He's he's capable. He's great when the lights are bright. And that's not the case here. And it especially ramps up the, the intrigue around this quarterback situation because Jacob Conover, he has since entered the transfer portal when the regular season concluded, and he's now going to Arizona State. So BYU has three quarterback options. They've got Cade Finnegan, who's listed as the backup on BYU's depth chart behind Jaron Hall, a former Boise State transfer quarterback. And then after Finnegan is Soljay Maiava-Peters and then preferred walk-on quarterback Nick Billups, who transferred last year from the University of Utah, probably more commonly known as employee number one with the Built Bar deal. So that's your three quarterbacks. And let me tell you, Matt, I, I typically have a good sense of the what to expect from key personnel or or, pers- or key positions, rather. I will say there is not much intel on these guys. SMU coach Rhett Lashley told me uh, earlier this week that they're planning for, for Finnegan, uh, Dallas native kid. They're expecting uh, you know Finnegan to give it a go. They've dove into his high school film. They've dove into Sol J's high school film. Like, they That's are not going to help. Sol J's a dad are, now, all right? <laughs> <laughs> they are reaching into the depths, and the guy that knows the quarterback spot, though, a lot better than us is BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, and he discussed the QB situation. Yesterday I thought he had a great chance to play. Today I'm, I would say his chances are not quite as good as I had hoped, but there's still a chance. I think that chance is, uh, is long gone from when Kalon, uh, yeah. Aaron Roderick made that comment a few days ago. Let me let Cougar Nation behind the curtain a little bit. I think this is uh, relevant information. So a few weeks ago, we were down at the indoor practice facility, you and me, as we often do during the football season, get some interviews for the show, some content for Cougar fans, and you and I are chatty uh, and conversation can uh, go awry to where our wives are probably angry that we're getting home late. And uh, as we were chatting after some availability before the team left for Northern California, who is coming down the stairs at the IPF? It's Cade Finnegan. And he is, he is limping down the stairs. This was the day he got his boot off. And he was in a boot for several weeks. If you noticed him at uh, BYU football games, home games in the month of November, uh, he was wearing a boot. So this is a few weeks ago. It is first day out of his boot. We're talking with him. He's you know he's feeling good that he's out of the boot, but he is clearly walking gingerly. Now, does that mean he's not going to play? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just I'm just stating a fact here that a few weeks ago he was hobbled. And look, if I'm Cade Finnegan, I'm doing everything under the sun to play in this football game because this is an audition, man. This is an audition for him to be the backup, I don't know, maybe even the starter if BYU uh, swings and misses in the portal. So I think he's going to try and play. The question is, is he going to be healthy enough to play? It remains to be seen, which is why I feel like Soljay Maiava-Peters, he's 100% healthy. He's been here for a long time. He knows the offense. Like Maybe that's the safe route is go with the guy who we know is healthy, even though uh, Cade Finnegan has gotten more reps in practice and maybe has a higher ceiling. I would expect that Finnegan will be available. And, you know, I think that Finnegan's interesting, Matt, because coming into spring ball this past March, he was, you know, there was some intrigue about him. You know, he was he was a talented football player last year on the scout team. He had some, 
success and there was intrigue about him. Maybe he could contend with Conover. Was never fully healthy in spring either. Uh, we never got a full uh, kind of good no, good didn't. lens into Finnegan and to what he was capable of to where – you know, Conover just kind of earned the backup job job by default because there really was an incomplete grade on Cade Finnegan out of spring. So I think Finnegan will will his way to play. And Kalani, uh, I think that there's optimism that, you know, Finnegan's okay to play. But, yeah, I mean, Soljay's interesting because I think that all these quarterbacks, if, say, Finnegan starts the game, Matt, and he has a horrific opening drive, there's no concern about, oh, do we yank him? Like, it's right. just – Go to the next guy. And I think that's what's fascinating, too, about this game is that there's no tendencies. There's no rapport with these quarterbacks. Okay, you have a bad drive? Well, next guy's up. And, you know, that might create lack of chemistry in-game. But still, uh, I think that that's going to be the route that Aaron Roderick and Kalani take, that uh, all three guys are on the table. And uh, any one of them could play in this game. And we might be talking about – it could be Nick Billups. It, it could be any one of these three could either lead BYU to a win or they could lead them to a loss. So it's going to be fascinating to see. We big thanks to our extended pregame sponsor, Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. We're taking a timeout. On the other side, you'll hear my conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sataki as we get ready for the New Mexico Bowl live from Albuquerque. BYU's road this year ends in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl. It's complete and another touchdown! postseason appearance for a storied Cougar program. Now headed to the Big 12. This is Tom Homo's baby, so our athletic director, it's been amazing to see him get us in a position to be in the Big 12. This is KSL special extended pregame coverage of the New Mexico Bowl on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Happy game day, Cougar Nation. BYU and SMU in the New Mexico Bowl will kick off at 5.30. It's interesting. It was supposed to be kicking off right now at 12.30, but it was switched due to the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots NFL game being moved up to an earlier kick time tomorrow, which then forced the Las Vegas Bowl, which is kicking off right now, uh, to be moved up to the earlier time slot. So BYU and SMU goes into prime time. And i got to say, Matt, Matt Biamonte, Mitch Harper, coming to you live from uh, Albuquerque here uh, for BYU and SMU. I, I will say, it's funny kind of looking at the, the like Las Vegas Bowl right now, Florida and Oregon State, I'm thinking, you know, BYU kind of saved that bowl game years ago, oh, yeah. and now it's this big deal game with an SEC and Pac-12 team. No love for BYU anymore. Oh, you saved the bowl game years ago when it was ready to go bankrupt, and then BYU fans <laughs> packed Sam Boyd. But now it's like, ah, we, we don't care about BYU no more. That is such a good point. I thought the same thing when I saw that matchup. I'm like, what the heck? Florida and Oregon State going to Las Vegas. This this is supposed to be like the Colorado State Rams and uh, some other bum team that had a mediocre year. So I, I thought the same thing that the Vegas Bowl. Uh, it, it, hey, now that the Death Star is in the desert, that that Vegas Bowl has become a lot more attractive. Put Sam Boyd in the rearview mirror. Let's go down to Vegas, baby. It's still interesting how they they have the the pre Christmas date. I know that Vegas does that to have. You know, fill up the Vegas rooms and whatnot. But it's just kind of interesting to look at how BYU's role in bowl games has, has been critical for games. You think about yeah. the Holiday Bowl back in the day 
BYU was was a key piece to forming what is known as the Holiday Bowl. Like everyone thinks of the Holiday Bowl with great finishes. That was because of BYU. Yep. And also SMU, that 1980 Holiday Bowl, is one of the great bowl games in the history of the sport. And then, of course, BYU's role in the Vegas Bowl. They had that stretch there with Bronco Mendenhall where they were playing, you know, Pac-10 teams, and they were just great games. And, you know, today brings to a close the independence era for BYU. And I will say, Matt, it's been a wild ride for the Cougars. And, you know, Kalani Satake has led the program in seven of those years. Bronco Mendenhall handled the other five. And it's it's comes to a close here in Albuquerque against an SMU team that loves to pass the rock. And BYU will try to... Pull off an upset here against the Mustangs without Jaron Hall. And I caught up yesterday with BYU head coach Kalani Satake, you know, talking to coach and getting a sense of where his team is at heading into today's game. Kalani, game day is here. BYU, SMU, New Mexico Bowl. What are you expecting from the team today? Yeah, I think we can go out there and have fun, play our best football, you know. Um, uh, basically empty the tank. This is the last game, so... Uh, I think we can create some great memories, but uh, enjoy the opportunity to, to play another game. Uh, there's going to be some new bodies out there, some some guys that are uh, not as experienced, but I, I think uh, in the rotation. But I think uh, overall, the guys are ready for the moment. Uh, I felt like from the team, the feeling was that they would just practice so much against each other that uh, they're 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 ready for another for a game to, to happen. So I'm excited for the for the matchup. It's going to be a fun. Jaron Hall likely out, as you noted earlier in the week. Let me just ask you, I know you noted that you don't even know yet who, who the quarterback's going to be. Kate Finnegan, uh, just maybe just a skill set that impresses you about each guy. Kate Finnegan, Soljay Maiava-Peters, and Nick Billups. Yeah, Kate actually had some issues um, with injury earlier in the season. And so uh, we feel like he's, he's um, much better now. And uh, We were not sure if he was going to be able to go um, in practices. And he's been able to actually power through in practice and then um, Nick Billups, and, and Kate can do a lot of things that he can run, he can throw. Um, you look at Nick Billups, is very athletic, can really run, but I think people, um, they mistaken his athleticism. They don't really look at it. He's got great arm strength. Um, and then Soljay's got it all, man. He's a gamer, and uh, he finds ways to make plays, and, and he's got extreme confidence, um, but he, he finds ways to, be, to make plays and, and buy more time, and so... All three guys can do things that are unique and maybe different from each other, but we feel really good about all three guys. And we, you know, I, I gave the challenge to A-Rod to just play the right guy in the right times. So we have no tendencies right now with the three, so I might as well just go out there and have fun and see what we can do. I know the focus is on this year's team in this moment. You've stayed consistent in that. I think back to media day when we were in that studio and you talked about that. It's 100% folks with this group, but same time, do you believe that there could be momentum caused with a win uh, going into the Big 12 era? There's just so much. There's just so much um, time between now and the beginning of 2023 season that I, I, uh, I think the momentum will be caused on on the the humility and the hunger going into January. And so, uh, you know, last year when we didn't get the win and didn't go the way we thought it, it should have gone. Um, you know, it was an opportunity for us to motivate our guys to make sure that we appreciate the bowl games and, and come ready to play. Um, I've seen a difference in the team right now, and so hopefully we'll see what happens this 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 game. But regardless of the outcome, SMU is a really good team. Um, we're obviously uh, not at full strength. Not a lot of teams are right now, but uh, we, we feel good about our team, about the depth. So 
We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not really worried about uh, this being a make-or-break game. I just worry about us playing at our best. But uh, I really like the opportunity when people think that everything's stacked against you. You know, I, I think uh, the guys will be ready for it. So I, I know I know there's a lot of emphasis on Jaron not playing and everything, but uh, I know the other guys will step up and make plays too and make up the difference. Your program's pretty good at that. I mean, I think back to Boise State. Everything was stacked against you guys, and you pull out a win there. I mean, and I think also the defense, too, this year. The defense has had the struggles, and you stepped in and, and had a bigger role in that. What are you expecting from the defense here against SMU, a high-powered offense? Yeah, really high-powered offense. I just want them to play well fundamentals. You know, that's – I think the, the issue in the past have been the, the fundamentals. And uh, if you want to stop the run, you should tackle better, you know, and, and that will help you be a better run-stopping team, but also – uh, limit gains in the past game. So uh, I, I really like uh, the, the steps that we've made. Sometimes when uh, things are going wrong, you just go right back to the basics. And that's in life, you know, so it is in football too. And so, um, you know, we want to block well, tackle better, uh, defeat blocks, you know, on defense. And, and then on offense, we want to take care of the football and, and try to extend drives by playing good fundamental football and making sure everybody does their jobs. And it comes back to doing your 111th and, um, We've kind of extended that too, not just doing your 111th, but everybody on the on the sideline being um, being just having they're doing their job and their role on the sideline, which means there's a lot of eyes now watching the game and then communicating what they're seeing out there, and I think that's been really helpful for our team as well. Last thing for you, Kalani, uh, just how much do you enjoy uh, these bowl games? I, I always enjoy talking to you about football because uh, you have a deep respect for, for fo- football and bowl games. Uh, just maybe uh, how you view uh, the importance of bowl games for your program going forward in, in, in this game uh, today. Yeah, I, I love bowl games, and um, I love being able to prep for them. I love the timing that they're at, and uh, during, during the holiday season, you know, so uh, there's going to be a lot of bowl games being played this season, and I plan on watching as many as I can. Um, but uh, I think that's just kind of what the game is all about. You give these guys another chance to play the game, to be around each other, and then you reward them and their families for uh, for all the hard work. And um, without all that being done, said and done, you want to still compete. I mean, there's, that, that's life. You, you're able to enjoy your time and, and appreciate what you have, but then uh, also be competitive and um, the game of football does a, a great job in teaching life lessons it has for me and I hope that it it will continue for these young men and those that are going out we could do it one more time so just gonna have some fun and it, it's everybody involved including yourself Mitch and others other media members I mean this is we're all we're all enjoying this together you know what I mean so this has been a lot of fun obviously we went through some adversity uh, we continue we will continue to have adversity but I, I'd hope that we can respond quicker and, and uh, make sure that we're playing at our best from here on out. And I, I anticipate seeing us do that tonight. Play your best and uh, then afterwards maybe get that uh, Christmas shopping list done, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's I'm you, not got a, you got a bunch of stuff first to do. Of, first of all, why does everybody go shopping the same time I do? You know, like, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll have to give give Amazon and everything else a chance, but uh, I don't There's something about going and doing it and, and being involved in... in Walking around and, and seeing all the, the decorations for Christmas, and uh, but it, it's you know the focus will still be on on celebrating the, the the birth of our Savior, and that's that's what we're the main part about it. But I think it's a good time to spend with family, and that's that's what I look forward to. I know you do too as as well. So uh, Merry Christmas, everybody! Let's have some fun. Go Cougs! Best of luck, Kalani, and uh, talk to you again uh, after the game. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. That's Kalani Satake, BYU head football coach, entering his sixth bowl game.
is the head man of the Cougars, and he is old school. He does not deal with Amazon gift shopping. He goes into the store, baby. Have, are you going into the store? Are you done? I've been done since uh, since Thanksgiving, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm I'm, I'm not a, I'm not one of those stereotypical guys who are, are running and uh, packing the the stores and the streets this time of the season. <laughs> Got to get that done. There's no with with Amazon. I, I will admit, I do use Amazon though, and it is a challenge to keep some of those things secret. But uh, I'm like you, Mitch. I want to get that stuff done. I don't want the stress of gifts. But where I do go to shop is Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. You can save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. That's Andy's Neighborhood Market, proud sponsors of our our extended pregame for BYU and SMU here in the New Mexico Bowl. We'll continue to discuss this matchup and give you a report of how the week has gone for the Cougars. I've been at the team hotel here in Albuquerque. We'll discuss what's been going on for the Cougs here in the land of enchantment coming up next here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Southern Methodist University. Careful, look right. He'll throw for Erickson. Back shoulder makes the catch of the end zone. Touchdown! What a grab! Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation! Thanks for joining us here on extended pregame coverage. However, and wherever you're listening, We appreciate you tuning in as we get you ready for BYU and SMU in the New Mexico Bowl coming your way. 5.30 p.m. kickoff. We'll have you covered all the way up until 3.30. Then we'll hand it over to pregame coverage and then the kick at 5.30. You can hear it right here on KSL News Radio. If you still have some Christmas shopping to do, like maybe head coach Kalani Satake's got to finish up after the New Mexico game. Good stuff there, Mitch, with the head man Kalani Satake. And we'll put that podcast up or excuse me, that interview up on our podcast feed as soon as we can so you can hear that before the kick. You have been down in New Mexico for, what, uh, two or three days now? Is that right, Mitch? Since Wednesday. Wednesday, you got to New Mexico, and uh, what's it been like? Give give us the vibe for for all of us BYU fans who aren't going to make it down to Albuquerque. So Wednesday, I arrived in town before the team. I think Kalani Satake was even taken aback to get off the plane and see me there. He's like, whoa, bitch, you're already here. And, you know, it was funny, too, that the when they arrived, there was two planes for, you know, the BYU traveling party. And that became kind of a storyline going into this game because – well, you know, it's it's new. It's not new to us because we're so used to BYU culture and BYU football. But obviously, when BYU goes to a bowl game, the players get to bring their wives, and if they have kids too, they get to bring their kids. So that's just kind of par for the course. What we're used to covering BYU, but SMU players when they saw BYU's travel party at the welcome dinner at this kind of bowling alley arcade type of place. They were just taken aback about how all these guys had had wives with them. Twenty five uh, wives made the trip uh, to to Albuquerque, so that's been kind of fun to see. the The hospitality has been great for the New Mexico Bowl, and you know BYU players have have had a good time. I've been here at the uh, the team hotel. They've been staying at the Marriott here in Albuquerque, and it's it's kind of fun, Matt, to just walk into the lobby and then you go. Oh, there's the Janimal. Hey, Jan Jorgensen, how you, how you doing? Just like in a hotel setting, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to see. And there's like a team uh, gift shop, New Mexico Bowl shop here in the lobby. And they've decorated the, the lobby with some bowl decor and fanfare to, to kind of celebrate the event. And, uh, you know, there was – I will say, though, there has not been 
really any BYU fans. I've only seen, by my count, five BYU oh, fans. Oh, no. Only five? That's all I've seen. And I've went to spots where there should be fans. Like, last yesterday, there was a pep rally, and the bands did a great job. The BYU and SMU bands, it was great. And SMU's mascot and Cosmo, outstanding stuff. Kalani and Rhett Lashley made it cameo appearances, too. But there was not many BYU fans. I think I saw about, like, four or five, oh. you know, three at most. It was it was not uh, not many. SMU didn't have many either. In, in total, there was probably about 20 fans gathered at that uh, pep rally yesterday. It was, it was light on the crowd. It was pretty much everyone that was there was the band member and the mascot. I'm expecting this crowd to be pretty light tonight, Matt. Uh, I think that the cold temps going to prime time, and, you know, I think BYU fans are kind of – you know, wondering what's at stake here in this one, but uh, that's that's been something that's been a little bit surprising because I'm just so used to seeing Cougar Nation come out in full force. Maybe they're making the trip in today. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. Another thing that that happened this week was Family Feud game. It was this, this game show thing. It was on Thursday night. They had at the Albuquerque Convention Center. They fed the players Rudy's Barbecue, which I highly recommend. Outstanding stuff. My my good friend back in the day, James Bates from the Mountain, he used to always have his Mountain West hot spots, and Rudy's was the go-to spot nice. in Albuquerque. In Provo, it was Diego's Taco Shop, which is now Chom, uh, down by uh, by Smith's on Freedom Boulevard, but uh, by by the store at, at Freedom Boulevard, but. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it was uh, – we saw some family feud, and SMU won the family feud game. But I will say, BYU gave some good effort, which was uh, was promising compared to uh, last year in the uh, <laughs> the event. So I, I think it's been a fun week. It's been good. Now let's get – let's kick it off, though. Let's see toe meet leather and get this game going. The fans aren't going to make it. I hate to break it to you, but they're going somewhere else tonight, Mitch. They're going down to the Marriott Center, baby. We haven't there touched – it's kind of a bummer that these two games overlap a little bit. Yes. But uh, the running Utes showing up to the Marriott Center, that game will tip in three hours. And as you mentioned to start the show, uh, if you want to listen to that game, it's over on 1280, the KSL Sports Zone. So you can listen to that game there. Uh, Greg Rebell will not be on the call. He's with you. He put football first. He put That's basketball right. in the rearview mirror. But I'm looking forward to that basketball game. And I think a lot of BOU fans are sticking around for that. I think so, too. I, I think that, you know, Cougar fans should – there should be a nice turnout at the Marriott Center. It's a good game. BYU and Utah in basketball. We'll see if Fus, Fusini Traore plays for BYU. He didn't practice in the media observation portion of practice on Tuesday and obviously didn't play in the win over Western Oregon. But, you know, this is an important game. And Mark Pope has said in the past and this week even that he wants to maintain the, the BYU-Utah rivalry in basketball. It's the one in-state game that – He's kind of committed to playing long-term even in the Big 12 era, so uh, this, there's always going to be that annual bragging rights. It, it is a shame, though, that the timing just didn't work out uh, to have yeah. maybe it be its, its own standalone event because this is a big game this year. Utah is in the top 25 of the net rankings, and so this is a quad one opportunity for BYU to to get a good win and continue to just improve and make make strides and show that that Creighton win a week ago was not a fluke, and it was signs of something that can uh, what what can be the future for BYU basketball under Mark Pope. Yeah, we'll have a more in depth preview of BYU and Utah in hour number three. This will conclude hour number one of extended pregame coverage, brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market. 
in Kearns. We'll take the break. News, traffic, and weather coming your way on the other side. We're bringing in an emeritus member of the program, our good friend Alex Keery, host of Unrivaled on KSL Sports Zone. We'll discuss the bowl game, maybe some hoops, BYU football with AK on the other side. Back after this. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.